You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a giant drug bust happened with the dark web and a top Philly health official says the mask mandate will remain in effect. Here is your national news recap for the week of October 24th. Last weekend's Atmospheric River event is making a difference for some of the North Bay's drought situation. The U.S. Drought Monitor System says Marin, Sonoma, and Mendocino counties have crawled out of the exceptional drought category. That is the worst of the five-category scale. The counties moved one step down in severity to the extreme drought category, which covers most of coastal California. The north coast of Humboldt and Del Norte counties and The eastern Sierra around Lake Tahoe are in the third highest severe drought category. Most of the Sacramento and San Joaquin Valley remains in exceptional drought. Health officials in California are releasing the latest information about COVID-19 in the state. There were nearly 5,000 newly reported confirmed cases Wednesday. The California Department of Public Health says cases are occurring largely among unvaccinated populations. In that group, the case rate is 35.8 per 100,000 people per day. For vaccinated residents, the numbers are much better. Among Californians 16 years old or above who'd received their shot, the rate is 5.2 per 100,000. The statewide seven-day positivity rate is 2.5%. The CDC says almost 87% of eligible Californians have received at least one vaccine dose. Hard Rock is on the move in New Jersey and maybe New York City too. Casino operators like Bally's, Sand, Caesars, and Wynn are already thought to be vying for the three gaming licenses available in the New York City metro area, with expressions of interest proposals due to the State Gaming Commission by December 10th. Jim Allen, who chairs Hard Rock's global gaming, entertainment, and hospitality empire, told NJ.com his firm is going after one of those licenses. This is even though Hard Rock is already moving forward with a casino plan at New Jersey's Meadowlands Racetrack, which is eight miles from New York City. Hard Rock still needs New Jersey's approval to build the Meadowlands venue, but Allen says the company would be happy to operate in both markets. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is signing three new gun laws into effect. One aims to crack down on disassembled gun parts being sold, allowing for untraceable guns when they're put together. It's called the Unfinished Frames and Receivers Act. It is named in honor of Long Island native Scott Beagle, who was killed during the Parkland shooting. The two other bills Hochul signed into law aim to crack down on ghost guns that don't have serial numbers. And then the final bill focuses on eliminating firearms that look like toy guns. A bus driver is injured and four passengers hurt after two buses collided in Camden County. Authorities say a New Jersey transit bus rear-ended another bus that was broken down on Route 30 just after 6 a.m. The driver of the New Jersey Transit bus, a 53-year-old woman, was flown to the hospital for treatment. No one was injured on the other New Jersey Transit bus. 
Human remains discovered in the Southern California desert are those of a missing New Jersey woman. Last June, 30-year-old Lauren Cho was reported missing after leaving a residence near Palm Springs. Law enforcement searched the area for months and discovered remains earlier this month in a rugged desert area. The San Bernardino County Coroner's Office now has positively identified the remains with the cause and manner of Cho's death pending additional toxicology results. A number of auto shops in the Arden Arcade area of Sacramento are getting hit by gasoline thieves. At First Choice Auto Repair, owner Jeremiah Bethley said he noticed many incidents where people approached his customers' vehicles with canisters and hoses to siphon gas out. He told KCRA 3 News that it's dumbfounding why people are stealing gas. The county sheriff's office is launching an investigation, but they think these are random incidents. In Sacramento, GasBuddy.com's average for a gallon of regular gasoline is $4.09 a gallon. The national average is $3.38 a gallon. Multiple sources, including the New York Post and TMZ, are reporting former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will be charged with a sex crime after leaving office this summer. Reports say it's a misdemeanor charge. Cuomo resigned this summer over numerous sexual misconduct complaints. Des Moines police are investigating a deadly stabbing on the city's northeast side. Police say a 19-year-old man was stabbed in the 1400 block of Serrell Street around 2 o'clock Thursday morning. This is the 10th homicide in Des Moines this year. Weekly jobless claims are down again. The Labor Department reports 281,000 Americans filed first-time claims for unemployment benefits last week, 10,000 fewer than the previous week's revised total. That's the lowest number of claims since March of last year and basically in line with what most analysts were expecting. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. It's Ram, bringing you the latest in politics for the Rowan Report. President Biden declared on the 28th a, quote, historic economic framework with Congress Democrats on the domestic policy package, that's human infrastructure bill, a hard-fought deal that dramatically scaled back from $3.5 trillion to half the size now. It joins the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill in heading to final votes soon. Of the two Democrat holdouts, Arizona Senator Cinema is now in approval, but Manchin from West Virginia remains neutral. Republicans remain opposed. A new poll shows that fewer than half of Americans approve of the handling of the spending bill. Top executives of ExxonMobil and other oil giants fought in a heated House hearing on the 28th, denying spreading disinformation and concealing evidence about climate change and global warming. The committee released a memo saying that the oil industry's public support for climate reform is not followed by meaningful action, and that they've spent billions to block reforms. Officials alleged that they were playing by similar tactics employed historically by tobacco companies. The DHS issued a guideline limiting arrests at schools, hospitals, and protected and sensitive areas on the 27th. This is part of a broader effort to roll back decisions under former President Trump and for a more targeted approach to enforcement. The Secretary of Homeland Security argues that his agency does not have resources to pursue all individuals, hence the guidelines issued earlier this year, directing agents to focus on recent border crossers, national security threats, and those that committed serious crimes. This comes alongside the heavily criticized decision to resume the Trump-era Remain in Mexico policy for asylum seekers as soon as next week. On the 28th, the U.S. confirmed issuing the first passport with an ex-gender designation for those born or identifying as intersex, non-binary, and or gender non-conforming, joining over a dozen other countries. The State Department said in June earlier this year that they were moving towards adding a third gender marker and a 
expect to offer it more broadly next year. The special diplomatic envoy on LGBTQ rights, Jessica Stern, spoke approvingly on the effect this would have on the state of rights, improving equity, dignity, and safety during travel. Finally, I bring you an interesting story, that of ambitious high school students in Rhode Island participating in government by suing it. They are asking a federal appeals court to affirm that all public school students have a constitutional right to a civics education, saying that they aren't taught how to meaningfully participate in a democratic and civil society, and that the events of January 6th at the Capitol were a symptom of such ignorance, highlighting the urgency for addressing apathy and improving media literacy skills. Well, I hope you will make like these students, get educated, and vote in the upcoming elections. With that, I've been Ram, with your politics for the Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. New research is attempting to take a bite out of why great white sharks attack humans. Researchers from Australian Macquarie's University found humans that are swimming or paddling boards strongly resemble seals and sea lions in the eyes of a shark. The group says the great white shark, along with bull and tiger sharks, account for most human attacks. Using a GoPro attached to an underwater scooter, researchers studied and compared videos of the seals and sea lions and humans swimming differently. Filters and modeling programs were then applied to the videos, simulating how a young shark would see the movements and shape. Wetsuits and surfboard colors make a little difference, as most sharks are colorblind. Queen Elizabeth won't attend a reception during next week's climate conference in Scotland. Buckingham Palace said this is due to the advice that she rests. This is the latest cancellation for the 95-year-old monarch after she didn't travel to go to Northern Ireland last week. That was after she got medical advice to cancel the trip. She has also spent a night in the hospital recently. World leaders, including President Biden, are attending next week's event. The Justice Department reports 150 people are in custody around the world after a massive international operation targeting internet drug trafficking. Operation Dark Huntor saw the FBI working with agencies in Europe and Australia to arrest people using the dark web to sell drugs. It was announced yesterday that authorities also seized more than $31 million in cash and cryptocurrency along with drugs including cocaine, MDMA, and opioids. Authorities are on the lookout for a baby kangaroo stolen from Kentucky Animal Farm. The manager of Hillview Stables says that the 10-month-old kangaroo named Scooby-Doo was taken from his stable earlier Sunday evening. Manager Anjean Smith says that they need to find Scooby because he drinks a special kind of kangaroo milk called Wambaroo Milk. And if he isn't fed regularly, he won't survive longer than a week. Smith says the $500 reward is being offered for kangaroo's safe return, and state troopers have been alerted. Scientists studying rubies in Greenland say they have found traces of life in a 2.5 billion year old sample. The sample contained graphite, a material made of pure carbon. The chemical signatures in carbon suggest that it is residue of early life. The age of the samples date back to the time single-celled life only existed as microorganisms and algae. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. Now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. New Jersey homeowners are getting another month to apply for FEMA for Ida-related disaster help. 
The new deadline is now December the 6th. The federal funds can be used for property loss, home repairs, to pay rent, and other damage not covered by insurance. There are 12 eligible counties in the state. FEMA has already approved more than $88 million for nearly 19,000 New Jersey families. From Anthony Giatrino at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a Passaic County couple scooped five kittens from floodwaters raging through Clifton recently, rushing the unconscious felines to an emergency clinic where a team of veterinary professionals were able to save them. The unidentified Good Samaritan and her male friend were on their way to work at about 6.30 a.m. when they saw an adult cat, presumably the mother, and one of her kittens go under the water. Nearby, five kittens who appeared to be unconscious were being swept away by the strong currents. The couple said they grabbed a cat carrier and scooped up the surviving 20-week-old kittens, two tabbies and three tuxedos, and rushed them to Veterinary Emergency Group, an emergency 24-hour animal hospital on Route 3 in Clifton. The kittens are in recovery, but expected to be okay. From the 6 ABC Digital staff, Philadelphia's top health official says there are no plans as of now to lift the mask mandate the city has been under since August. This comes after Acting Health Commissioner Dr. Shara Bedigal spoke with reporters during a briefing over Zoom recently. The city's latest mask mandate went into effect on August the 12th due to the rise of the Delta variant. Under the mandate, masks must be worn in businesses that do not require everyone who enters to be vaccinated. Certain essential businesses like grocery stores, pharmacies, doctor's offices, and urgent cares cannot utilize the vaccinated-only exception to the mask mandate. Bedigal said hospitalizations stand at around three times higher than they were in the heart of the summer. The case rates are about four times as high. She said surrounding counties have a very high vaccination rate, but higher case rates and positivity rates than Philadelphia. Parents and students staged a second demonstration recently protesting the growing problem of school violence in Baltimore. Parents called on Baltimore County school officials to do something about the uptick in school fights and violence in recent weeks. A number of students claimed to have been bullied in schools, and there have been cases of sexual assaults and fighting in schools as well. Some parents claim to have shared their concerns about school violence with school officials, but the school board has not responded to their issues. From Catherine Scott and the 6ABC Digital staff, officials with the School District of Philadelphia announced a new plan to address student safety amid a rash of gun violence near schools. Chief of School Safety Kevin Bethel unveiled the safety plan program at district headquarters recently. The program includes using $750,000 in grants to pay community organizations for increased supervision of students on their way to and from school. Officials say that is in addition to the increased police patrols previously announced in 25 safety zones surrounding schools in high-crime areas. In addition, school leaders in Philadelphia spoke out over the ongoing surge of gun violence in the city, particularly those incidents occurring near schools. From Elizabeth Lorente at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, University Hospital, New Jersey's only public acute care facility, is requiring employees who receive the single-dose Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine to get a booster shot by December the 24th. The Newark Hospital is believed to be the first in the state to mandate a booster for some of its workers. It became the first hospital in New Jersey to mandate COVID-19 vaccination among all its employees in June. The requirement allowed for exemptions based on medical or religious reasons. The requirement comes soon after the CDC and FDA authorized booster shots for those who received a Johnson & Johnson vaccine and Moderna's two-dose vaccine. A booster for those who received the Pfizer biotech shot was previously approved. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Kariah Bennett with the Rowan News. 
Former Eagles safety Brian Dawkins appeared at Rowan on October 25th to promote his new memoir, Blessed by the Best, My Journey to Canton and Beyond. The program was hosted in Provis by Tony Loman, moderated by Neil Hartman, and the director of the Center for Sports Communications and Social Impact within the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and featured a one-on-one interview between Dawkins and longtime NFL reporter Derek Gunn. It was sponsored by Voss Water, which Hartman said donated 10000 to support students in the College of Sports and Communication and Media Minor. Dawkins came to Rowan at the behest of Hartman, a former Philadelphia sportscaster who did interviews with Dawkins before the Eagles retired his number 20 jersey in 2012 and played ahead of the October 25th program. And I'm Cry Bennett with your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. Danny Ryan with your news from around the Rowan University sports world. Prof's football team is victorious for the first time since the final week of 2019. The boys in brown and gold defeated the William Patterson Pioneers by a final score of 25-10 after a rough start to the season, to say the least. If there were ever a time for the Rowan football team to claim their first victory, well, it would have been last week. Of course, to end off a terrific week of fun here at Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey. On the day, Mike Husney redeemed himself in a big way after a poor performance versus Salisbury University on the 16th of October, just a week prior. Husney completed 14 of his 22 passes on the day for 212 yards, along with one touchdown coming in the form of a John Maldonado 69-yard reception. Speaking of John Maldonado, he had an absolute field day, catching six passes for 153 yards And, like I said, that one touchdown for 69 yards from Mike Husney. He was the clear it factor for the offense on the day, basically willing them to victory with his offensive production. To put things into perspective, he was credited with 153 of Husney's 212 passing yards. That's good for 72% of the offensive passing yards on the entire day, going to Mr. Maldonado. The defense contributed their fair share as well, tallying four interceptions on the day, led by Malachi Winters with two, Jared Wright with one, and Mike Mascioli with 12 tackles and an interception of his own as well. The Profs will head to Montclair, New Jersey on the eve of Halloween to take on the Montclair State University Redhawks looking to pick up their second win of the season before returning home for their final home game of the season. Moving on to playoff talk here in Glassboro. The men's and women's soccer teams have advanced to the 2021 NJAC playoffs and are both set to play today at 1 p.m. for women's soccer and at 6 p.m. for men's soccer. With both teams coming up short of a first-round bye, they will be facing off against competitive NJAC opponents tonight. The women's soccer team will play their second straight game against the Scarlet Raptors of Rutgers-Camden after defeating them in the final regular season game of the year in come-from-behind fashion on a Natalie Pantalone game-winning goal. The men's soccer team will face Stockton University. The last time in which these two teams faced off being Rowan University and Stockton University for men's soccer, well, Chad Yates tallied both goals for the profs in the 2-1 overtime victory back on October 13th. And last but certainly not least, the Rowan volleyball team has also advanced to the NJAC playoffs and have claimed a first-round bye after finishing first overall 
in the NJAC with an overall record of 22-5 and a conference record undefeated at 8-0. This has been your news from around the Rowan University sports world with Danny Ryan right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. with your Rome Report business update. McDonald's is raising its prices. The company says it's looking to offset the cost of wage increases and raising supply costs. Executives at the fast food giant anticipate prices in the U.S. to increase by roughly 6% compared to last year. Wages are up 10% across the country with supply costs for such things as food and paper rising almost 5%. The news comes as the U.S. struggles with supply chain issues to go along with labor shortages. McDonald's is no different having a hard time hiring enough people to work regular hours. Thanksgiving 2021 could be the most expensive meal in the history of the holiday. That's according to the New York Times, which notes nearly every item that makes up a traditional Thanksgiving meal will cost more this year. Market analysts say Turkey is on track to break the price per pound record set back in 2015. And it's not just the soaring price of food. The nation's supply chain is struggling, triggering fears of empty shelves and slow delivery times ahead of Christmas. Starbucks is announcing a wage hike as it faces union challenges and a worker shortage. Hourly Employees will make $15 an hour with an average of nearly $17 starting next summer. Employees with two or more years of service could receive a 5% raise, while those who have just been with the coffee giant for five or more years could get a 10% bump. The increase comes as the company faces a unionization effort in New York. None of the corporate-owned shops in the U.S. are unionized, with workers from three Buffalo locations petitioning for a vote to begin one. Costco is raising its minimum wage again. The wholesale retailer is raising its minimum wage for employees to $17 an hour. It is the second time Costco has raised its minimum wage in 2021. It was moved to $16 an hour back in February. Costco employs about 180,000 people nationwide, and roughly 90% of them are hourly workers. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. Get ready to go infinity and beyond. Pixar has released the first official teaser for its upcoming film, Lightyear, starring Chris Evans as a young Buzz Lightyear. The movie's trailer shows a realistic-looking version of the popular Toy Story character. Evans is best known for his portrayal of Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Lightyear is set to hit theaters next summer. The California Supreme Court is refusing to hear Brad Pitt's appeal in his custody case with Angelina Jolie. Pitt's attorneys were trying to get the high court to hear his case after Judge John Odekirk was disqualified and his previous ruling, which was favorable to Pitt, was overturned. California Supreme Court said petition and stay denied. This means their custody battle will now start over with a new judge. Jolie welcomed the decision with one of her representatives telling ABC News she is pleased that her children's well-being will not be guided by unethical behavior. Meanwhile, Pitt's representative said the ruling does not change the evidence which led Oderkirk to make his previous decision about what is in the children's best interest. Joe Exotic and the remaining characters from Netflix's Tiger King phenomenon are back. On Wednesday, the streaming giant unleashed the trailer for Season 2 of the Zoo Saga, and it spent time with Exotic and Carol Baskin as they dueled it out over the ownership of his zoo. Now the story marches forward in the second season of the show, with appearances from faces like Jeff Lowe, Tim Stark, Alan Glover, and James Garretston. Tiger King 2, which spans five episodes, will premiere on November 17th on Netflix. The Rust assistant director in charge of maintaining the gun involved in a fatal shooting on the set says he didn't fully check the ammo loaded in the weapon before handing it to Alec Baldwin. That's according to a warrant affidavit made public Wednesday. It said David Halls could only remember seeing three rounds. 
He also told police he should have checked all of them, but he didn't. Prior police documents show Halls had shouted, cold gun, meaning the gun had no live rounds or blanks in it. Before handing it to Baldwin before the fatal shooting that killed photography director Hanel Hutchins and injured director Joel Souza. The mayor of Columbia, Tennessee, wants to honor a good Samaritan who's also a country music star. Mayor Chaz Mulder says he wants to give Luke Bryan a key to the city and have him serve as the Grand Marshal of Columbia's Christmas Parade. Mayor Mulder sent the tweet after Bryan changed the tire of a woman who was stranded in Maury County. Bryan was taking his son's hunting in the area on Sunday when he saw the blown-out tire on Cordy Potts' car. The down-to-one singer helped Potts, who posted a video of the interaction on her Instagram. Brian posed for a picture with her and her children after changing the tire, which she said made her day. Adam Levine is breaking his silence after a video of a fan grabbing him on stage went viral. The video shows a fan jumping on stage at the Hollywood Bowl and trying to grab the frontman only to have him shake the fan off and continue singing. Many criticized Levine for looking as though he was disgusted because a fan was that close to him, but he says that's not the case. He took to his Instagram story to say he has always been someone that loves, respects, and worships his fans, but he was just really startled. He said sometimes when you're startled, you have to shake it off and keep doing your job. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.